I just downloaded TikTok for the first time yesterday, and now I understand why people get addicted to it. It's so... Okay, look. I am a... I have been converted to TikTok, okay? Because I also thought... It's just a bunch of, uh, uh, of tweens dancing. Like, what am I going to find? No. The fact that the, the TikTok algorithm is so great because it really adapts <laughs> to what you want to see. Because all of my TikTok is just videos of people making sandwiches and millennials with back problems. Like, that's, that's <laughs> all of my TikTok. Okay? And then there are sides. There are sides to TikTok. And I fucking love that. So it's great. What's cool? Wasn't there some kind of controversy with, like, China was using TikTok to infiltrate the U.S. or some bullshit like that? I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Whatever they want, I don't care. It's funny, oh, okay? If it, if it keeps giving me, like, the funny content I want, I don't care. What are they going to do with my information? I have nothing. <laughs> I, don't have a, I don't have a piece of land to my name. What am I going to lose? You're I not. Am, you're I not wrong. I'm an open book. I come here every week and I talk my ear off. Like, what are they gonna take? What are they gonna expose me for? I, I, I made my, my my friends swear. Hey, if I get canceled for something, fucking drop me. Like, like drop me from the face of the earth. Yeah. If I get canceled for something, I I did that to myself. Like, no. But wait, I feel like yeah. there's layers of cancellation. That's bullshit and that's justified. You wouldn't do yeah, anything that was like, justified. Probably. <laughs> like, you I am, I am. I am very open towards my hatred of cops, my hatred of the U.S. penny, and uh, my hatred of uh, fucking what else? Uh, I don't know. Some <laughs> other things. But like, I am. I'm pretty open on that. So it's it, it, if someone accuses <laughs> me of like you're 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 anti-cop. Fuck yeah, I am. All cops are bastards. Like, <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Uh, yeah. What, what if I was gonna? What if I was going to be a cop and not a firefighter? Just curiosity. The, the podcast is canceled. Like, what? I'm I'm open on this shit. Like. What? I'll be one let of the me, good ones. Let, let me quote you my favorite line from The Flash. Uh-huh. You lose a little bit of, of your morality every time that you compromise your values. So, there we go. <laughs> Jesus. Okay, no. I, Eddie has learned what career choices he can and cannot make. No, no, I'm I'm a big fan of the of the fire department. There, there, there is no song called "Fuck the Fire Department." Okay, there is no what. There, there is there has never been a song called "Fuck the Fire Department." Okay, why do you think that is? Because all they do is just do their thing. All they do is drive their big ass trucks. All they do is put out fires. And then once a year, what do they do? What do they do that we don't ask them to do it? But what do they do? They pose for a calendar. And you know what? We're all grateful for it. No one's ever complained about that. No one's ever been like, look at this fire department just like taking hot pictures of themselves and then selling them to get to 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 to, to fundraise. No one's ever complained about that. No one's ever been like, hey, there's too many hot firemen taking pictures. No one's ever complained about that. Folks, okay? y'all Bless can't the see fire this, but... department and all they do. <laughs> My cheeks yeah. hurt from, like, laughing and smiling. Like, like this is funny. This is fu- Oh, do God. My a, cheeks hurt. Do you, think a, do you think a cop calendar would sell? Of course not. <laughs> there you go. I've said my piece. 
Oh, uh, let's get into the list. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm so sad because I always you you always bring a bit and I and I always like go off script like this is <laughs> just in case you were listening and be like be like t- time to get my conservative news. Fuck you! Like this is not this is not the place. this is not your podcast. This is not your this show. Is not mate. The podcast this is not your you. show. Are we biased? Oh man! <laughs> I don't care. What are they gonna do? Oh yeah, you sure? This, you got nothing? This, this is great because we're about to talk about fictional characters, so you know this is this totally fits the theme. Thank you for welcoming us into your headphones. My name is Chema. And I'm Eddie. And we're talking about and our top 10 favorite TV live action characters of all time. This, this is, is the rollback. The rollback. Alright, so that's a that's a sentence with a lot of caveats. So there, there's there's some disclaimers that we have to give here, folks, because we tried to give ourselves some limits and ooh, ugh. so so we're trying. We're we're gonna try to do this a little bit more often, which uh, you know, not always. We, as much as we love talking about movies, every once in a while we want to talk about something that deviates a little bit, but still stays on topic. Uh, every once in a while we'll do top ten list. I love doing top ten list uh, because it's fun and they're long, and you know, I get to stump you on on your taste. And uh, yeah, so when we were doing FBA, we did our top ten favorite film characters, and that list. I don't know if it has aged wonderfully. <laughs> Mostly because more movies. It probably have hasn't. Yeah, um, but let's we're gonna try something same, same but different. Uh, uh, our top ten favorite TV characters of all time. Uh, we limit ourselves to live action characters. I think uh, animated characters really deserve their own list. Uh, in my case, anime characters might deserve their own list if we if we're gonna go beyond. Um, so I wanted to limit on live action, and um, yeah, just uh, just gonna stick with that. Uh, you had more disclaimers, right? Yes. So, folks, I, I need to take you on a little history lesson before we go over my list because there's going to be some very apparent things. Um, so, I don't watch a lot of TV nowadays. I watch a few popular things, but I don't watch too much TV nowadays because I don't have the fucking time. You know why I have a, a movie review podcast instead of a TV review podcast? Because a movie is only a two-hour commitment versus a TV show that can be anywhere from 10 to 20 hours, depending on what you're watching. So that said, a lot of these TV characters, just bear that in mind, they're from, like, mostly pre-streaming times, like, pre-2014. Um, <clears throat> and diversity didn't really, like, hit until, like, the late, the late teens. So, like... There's an overwhelming majority. Actually, there's not an overwhelming. There is a majority. There is, like, all my characters. All my favorite characters, I find some degree to be relatable to them. They're all male. And almost all of them are Anglo. And I apologize in advance. It's just I don't watch a lot of new TV. If this was a top 10, like, movie characters and we redid the list now, it'd be a lot more diverse. Just bear that in mind. A lot of these might be from older TV shows. That's all I ask. Just... Fucking bear with me on that, please. Alright, so I'm going to save the cancellation button over here. And, you know, we can just uh, start the list. I, uh, I swear to God. 
you want to go first or should I go first? I feel like I feel like I, you always go first on this. So, how do we do it? Up to you, man. Up to you. All right, I'll, I'll go first just to just so we can do it. Uh, my number ten, top ten favorite movie, ca- sorry, TV characters. Uh, also, we wanted to limit ourselves on characters. If they originated from TV, they're gonna originate on TV. If they later showed up somewhere else, uh, as long as they originate on TV, I think we're good. Um, so that's that's how we're that's how we're dealing with. Um, so my number ten. This is. I always like to. Whenever we do a top ten list, I always like to do number ten as like a fun thing, like more of something that I want to talk about. Um, so mm-hmm. my number ten is a new character. It's very recent. A little too recent, uh, but that I immediately latched on to this character, and I, I, I don't want to let go. Also, question before we start: We're doing spoilers, or we're done not doing spoilers? No, fuck spoilers. Let's do it. Spoilers. All right, fine. Just a heads up: big fat spoilers. If you hear the name of a character and you haven't uh, sort of thing, and you're curious, maybe skip to that one, to the next one. Uh, all right, number ten. I, I ask because this is gonna require me talk about spoilers. So number ten. Uh, Eddie Munson, Stranger Things. Okay. Completely uh, loved the new season of Stranger Things. It's my favorite since the first one. And uh, uh, Eddie Munson is such... God, I latched onto this kid, like, immediately. Like, his mannerisms, his, his, uh, his uh, body language, the way that he talks, like, the way that he dresses, like... Uh, instant classic, I think. Uh, an instant character that that I think everyone fell in love with when he came when he came up uh, in the show. Um, very easy to relate to. I think at some point we all knew this kid, or if you were like me in high school, you you were similar to this kid. Um, there, there's a lot to like about him. A lot of it is the performance. A lot of it is the, per, the how he was personalized, and. Uh, Got very little to dislike. He's funny. He's he's eccentric. He's weird. He's exactly the kind of he, the kind of teenager that like sli- like a couple years younger teenagers would either hate him or like look up to him. Uh, like to them to the main kids in Stranger Things, he was like a god almost because because he was fun. He understood them. He was very charismatic. Uh, he's based on on a real life case, a real life true crime case. Uh, if you look up uh, West Memphis 3, he's based on that guy. Uh, I forgot his name, but he, he's based on like a real-life guy. And he got his mannerisms down. He's, he's funny. He's, he's charming. Uh, there's so, he's got so many cool lines and uh, spoilers. But like that scene at the, in, in the final episode where he gets on top of the, of the, of the house and starts playing Metallica and he gets all the bats and shit. Oh my, I- iconic. Immediately became top five, one of the most iconic scenes in, in that show, which already like uh, consumes the world every time a new season comes out. So I love this kid. I, I thought, you know, perfect character. I think uh, really encapsulates the 80s and love him. Uh, spoilers. I wish we were going to see more of him, but sadly, uh, no. So, um, but yeah, I think everyone who saw the new season of Stranger Things fell in love with this kid, and I did as well. So, my number 10, Eddie Munson, Stranger Things. You know, I didn't really fall in love with the kid until his, like, one of his very last lines when he said, I didn't run away, right? Like... I didn't run away this time, yeah. Like, I don't say looking for validation, but like, you know, like, he... I don't know, there's something honorable about that moment. And like, that, that made me go, yeah, you know what, I like this guy. 
But I didn't hate dislike him beforehand, but that made me say, yeah, no, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Um, I bought a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that. You did buy a shirt. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, okay. Uh, my number 10. My number 10 is a redo of an old character. Uh, I have a dishonorable mention and an honorable mention for this guy. He is number 10, but also dishonorable mention. It's complicated. Will Smith from Bel Air. Oh, oh, from Bel Air, not Fresh Prince of Bel Air. He would have been on this fucking list. He probably would have been top three if you know the slap heard around the world. <laughs> it complicates things a little we're, bit. We're ranking characters. We're not ranking the. We're actor. ranking characters. That's fair. Um, but no, but the thing is, is okay. So Will Smith from the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, great character, funny, but also somewhat one-dimensional. Like they were very, it was very rare to see him not be goofy, not get his way, not find a way to weasel himself out of a situation that was rare. From Bel Air, though, Will Smith from that show, the kid is incredible. He's layered. It's a serious take. It's it's a different take on the source material that works. Uh, the kid's acting ability is incredible. Will it's God damn man. It, it's a I don't want to say a powerhouse performance, but it is a powerhouse performance. Um, have you seen Butler? Have you taken the time to be able to watch I, it or no? I have not. The only two people that I know who have seen it are you. And my mom. That's like the only people that I know who have seen Bel Air. Uh, <laughs> and what, what does she say about it? <laughs> she loves it. She says she can't. Your mother has great taste. Your mother has great taste. Because <laughs> it is. It's it's it's. You find yourself not only cheering for this character, but also like you're invested in his story. And I know, like, oh, that's literally the point of all TV shows. No, here's the thing. Not all shows succeed at doing that. And this kid had a lot to live up to. And I uh, legitimately, this is not uh, hyperbole, this is actual. It was uh, one of the best shows of the 90s, one of the most iconic shows of most people's childhoods with an incredibly charismatic actor who became a worldwide uh, superstar. Like a legit box office like juggernaut. This kid had to step into those shoes for the briefest of moments and he worked. He made the whole thing work. Uh, and it would not have been done without his performance. So, um, I mean... And again, as far as TV characters are concerned, Laird, Laird and Laird, man. Like, his relationship with Carlton is so different, but so much better. His relationship with Lisa is so different, but so much better. His relationship with Uncle Phil, Aunt Viv, his mother. Like, all the things you thought, why didn't this ever come up in the original show? Came up in this one by a country fucking mile. Jeffrey is a badass, but that goes besides beyond the point. Uh, my number ten, Will Smith from Bel Air. Awesome, yeah. I've been curious about that, but I, I don't know. I, I haven't taken the time to to watch it yet. Uh, but you made me curious, so hopefully, hopefully I'll take time. What's the name of the actor? What's his name? That's a very you good know? question. I should probably look that up right now. Bel Air, Will Smith. His name is. That can't be right. His last name is Banks. Yo. Jabari Banks. Talk about the role he was born to play. Dude, he sure just played Carlton. Yeah. Hmm. All right. So number nine. We took number nine. Uh, 
We are at number nine. All right, number nine. Uh, let's jump. So we both talked uh, about not dramatic characters, but probably more on the dramatic side. Uh, we're coming back to nine. and uh, We're going to go to comedy, okay? Because I do love me a comedy. And uh, this is another side character. It's not. It's not a main character, but it's the character that probably one of the mo- one of the ones that I quote the most when it comes to this medium, uh, and I think one that is underappreciated. Uh, there are no end of good characters in this show. Like this is a show where any character could be your favorite. I'm talking about The Office, especially the U.S. version of The Office. Okay, and okay. I think everyone has like I think everyone has a favorite. I'm gonna go into a least obvious a least obvious one. And I'm going to talk about Aaron, Aaron Hannon, the receptionist in the office. Okay. Oh, okay. I freaking love Aaron Hannon. Okay. One of the main reasons why I have her in this list is because she's an original character from the U.S. version. There is no counterpart in the U.K. version. So she's, she's an original creature. Uh, she's uh, she's uh, portrayed by this actress called Ellie Kemper, who's been in other stuff, and she's always really funny in it. But this character is so stupidly funny that like uh, the show starts being a little serious and then it gets really extravagant and really insane and I think she she had she had a really hard job of coming in to like one, one she has to replace a Pam at the, at the at the main desk another she has to match the same nature of all the characters because she should have come in and be weirded out and then get into it but no she comes in and she matches everyone's energy especially Michael's and that is so hard because Steve Carell is so good at playing that character that when she comes in and she immediately matches his energy I just knew I was going to like her like right off the bat so when she comes in and you know she 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 starts uh, she starts taking over the desk she starts saying all these really random things uh there's an episode where it's like her second or third episode and someone has this idea that they're going to try to like get everyone fired and then she 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 says like she says like this really random like train of thought thing where where she kind of just goes what if they try to like you know put us into trucks and cut off our heads and like burn our bodies and then everyone is like quiet and then she's looking at the camera like that's what I think they were gonna do to me I'm just saying it out loud to to, to see if I fold their plan I learn nothing like <laughs> like she says really random weird things like there's an episode where uh, where Michael goes up to her and she goes and he goes scissor me and she throws open scissors. Like I don't know, like I don't know where, and she just he just catches them, like right by the center, and then Pam just looks at the camera like, "What did y'all fucking see that shit?" Like, and, and but but in their heads, like this makes sense. Like the fact that these two do these makes sense. Um, so she's super funny. She's super charismatic. She is like she is like a lost puppy that's just having a great time with these characters. Um, and also, I wanted to include her because I think her ending. It's one of the most cathartic and one of, probably the best ending to like to like that, that all the characters got. So uh, when uh, spoilers, but like the fact that she got to reunite with her with her real parents at the end because she meant she has this current she's this ongoing storyline that she's adopted and that she she went from house to house. So it's kind of cool that she manages to have both a dramatic part and a really funny part. Uh, she's one of the, my favorite parts of the second half of the show. She comes in at season five and she stays until the end. Uh, so I love Darren. Uh, she's one of my favorite characters. Probably my favorite character in the whole show. In a show with no end of great characters. So I loved her. Every time that she's on screen, I, I enjoy every second that she's there. So, um, yeah. Uh, number nine is Aaron from uh, The Office. Damn. Okay, so I'm going to have... Uh... Our list is so fucking different, man. Our list is so fucking different. 
Variety's the spice of life, I guess. Uh, my number nine. Uh, he is a man who is complicated. Very fucking complicated. Uh, one Mr. Don Draper of Mad Men. That was the one that I knew was going to be on your list. I, I uh, but, why? <laughs> but why? Because I, cause but I why? know you love Mad Men, and, and, and I know you've talked about Don Draper before, so like that was the one that I'm like, he's definitely going to have on the list. I thought it was going to be higher. So now I'm puzzled on like what's going to happen next. Yeah. So no, so the reason why he's higher is I've come to see more of the flaws in the character and like the... So I, I like Don Draper. I like Mad Men in general because of the story. It's, I never, most of the time when I watch TV or movie, I can insert myself somewhere in there and be like, okay, this would be me in the situation. This is how I would react. But Mad Men is one of those movies, uh, sorry, one of the shows, along with Breaking Bad, where it's like, yeah, no, nah, I got no part in this, man. Like, I'm just watching the journey. I'm not in this at all. Um, yeah. But Don Draper. Just for the chaos. Yeah, pretty much, man. But, like, Draper, he's very, one, the way he dresses. Fucking nice. I wish I could pull off a suit like it, like John Hamm. I'm sorry. I wish I could. Uh, but uh, number two, like his story is just one. It would be impossible to replicate today. It, it would be impossible. Two, it, it gives you a look back at a simpler days where life was better. And I'm using quotation marks here, folks. And you see, nah, man, it's always been fucked up. It's just a matter of how fucked it up, how fucked up it is. Like on what side of it you're on. Um, we have a, excuse me. We have a veteran, a uh, war veteran here who took on the identity of a man that died, swapped uh, dog tags with him. That way his family thought that he was dead. He took on the identity of Don Draper. And the whole time he's just waiting for his real identity to come out and everything to break down. His marriage with Peggy initially starts out as like the perfect marriage of, you know, 1950s stay-at-home housewife. This dude who's an adulterous asshole with two kids at home. And it just, it breaks down and breaks down and goes back up and breaks down more. He goes from working for this, like, huge New York law firm. I'm not law firm. Um, advertising firm, which, by the way, folks, fun fact. I've One of the reasons I actually watched the show is because I started working for a marketing agency. I was like, oh, this looks like fun. And then I watched this, and I'm like, oh, God, this looks terrifying. <laughs> um, but then it just, his story is just interesting. And this guy, he's, you just see him going through different bouts of depression and, and dealing with his with so many issues from his childhood growing up and just it's it's so fucking layered man um i mean it's just it's a hell of a story to watch and don draper he's the eyes through which i see most of this chaos happening um and it's weird because he he it's it's hard to study him because the people he respects he treats with with some form of sternness, but also, like, no, like, you're my friend, and I love you, like, like in that capacity. But then, at the next moment, he's an adulterer who's trying to get, like, with any woman he can. It's just, it's weird, man. Draper's weird. He seems to have it all together, but he doesn't. And I don't know, it's just... Something about the show, I watched it, and I watched it, and I watched it again. I had to research the last episode, actually, because I didn't understand the ending. The ending is him going to a retreat, meditating... And, like, he has a moment of, like, self-reflection. And then we cut to a commercial for Coke. And then it's like, oh, he went back. He never actually moved forward. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. It, it, it was just... It was complicated, but I liked it. The Don Draper of Mad Men. All right. Yeah. And that pretty much launched John Hamm into the stratosphere and, you know, let us 
you know, yeah. probably a man that I've seen way too much of. Not complaining. <laughs> um, yeah, we've all we've all seen the pictures with the, with the gray sweatpants. Yeah. Um, what? I'm just gonna leave it at that. Um, I'll, I'll I'll send you the pictures later. All right. Oh Jesus! Please don't. <laughs> Number eight. eight? I'm at eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, we're going back to we're going back to drama, but this time epic, epic, big drama. Um, I think every list, probably yours won't, but I think most lists of favorite characters is gonna have a character from this show, so we might as well get it out there. Again, this is a show that has a big cast, so any character could be your favorite character. And I I don't know if it's the obvious one, maybe like the second or third most obvious, but I can't help it. I love this little bastard, so. My number eight is Arya Stark from Game of Thrones. And, yeah, I mean, okay. yeah, I mean, we, we forget how big Game of Thrones was before they pushed the ending. But throughout, I think, uh, you know, a lot of people really like uh, Tyrion Lannister. A lot of people really like uh, uh, someone like Jaime. But uh, to me, my favorite character from the start was Arya Stark. Uh, she's the daughter of Ned and Kathleen Stark and you know uh, at first we think oh he's the main character we have to follow him and she's his young she's his youngest daughter you know she's kind of like on this youngish uh, tomboyish vibe she was she was this little girl where she saw her pet, her dad getting killed and then she had she had to escape she went through all these trips she didn't take a shower the entire time she was just suffering the entire time. and she grew up to be one of the strongest most badass characters in the show and the fact that she did it all while being super young and still growing up in this really dark tumultuous timeline and she managed to maintain that little bit of humanity in her made her be one of my favorite characters uh her whole storyline from from growing up uh, as this rich uh daughter to you know having to escape having to pretend she's a boy to to learn how to fight and, and escape and then finally coming back at the end and being the one to fucking kill the 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 ice king oh my god he she uh she's just great and and macy williams plays her with such a strong conviction and with such a fun uh uh just energy that uh she's she's impossible to dislike uh she's great she, she has some of the best lines in the show she has some of the best moments in the show and she's still super young so i i can see that she's gonna have a great career in front of her but um, this is probably going to be the role that she's going to be known forever. So she's great. Uh, uh, she has some of the most famous lines, like like I said, associated with the show. And I think uh, she has one of the best. She had probably the one of the better endings than most characters, because a lot of characters got endings that probably weren't undeserving. She got, I think, one of the best ones. So I think she's like the character that you know probably stayed the best during the whole show. And uh, I love her, man. Uh, I, I, th- I think she's strong and, and adventurous and all kinds of wonderful. So, love Arya Stark. She is my number eight favorite character. Okay. In TV. Um, well, I, I see your Ari- Ariana Stark. Yeah. Ari- Ariana Stark. I, I see Ariana Stark. And I raise you one Oscar Isaac. From from which Oscar, which Oscar Isaac? <laughs> um, and ha- oh wait, how many Oscar Isaacs? Because you're giving me three. I, I think I know where you're going. Yeah, I'm giving you three. Uh, my Go this ahead. is probably the newest character, technically canonically the newest character on my list. Uh, Moon Knight. Yeah, I left that big okay. of an impression. Um, Oscar Isaac's performance as as 
everyone from from Jake Lockley to to Steven to to oh God, what was the other one's name? Steven, Mark, Mark, and, Mark. and Jake. Just like it, it's insane how good of a performance he gave, but also the the insanely layered uh, story that we got from Moon Knight. Uh, initially, we think that that Steven is the is the real one, but turns out it was Mark. The trauma, the story we see him go through, the afterlife, the the like. I don't see how anyone could conventionally create Moon Knight without having these insane like LSD trips, because that's what this show kind of was, man. It was layered. It's like, well, what dimension are we dealing with now? Oh, everything's breaking down. Was oh, this real life or who's this and what's that? Like, there's just so much to it. Um, <clears throat> Moon Knight is. To me, and this is just my opinion, I can be wrong. If, if people feel yeah. differently, that's fine. To me, it's probably the best Disney series. I really, really enjoyed uh, Hawkeye. But to me, Moon Knight is the best TV series because it had a self-contained story, self-contained characters, layered characters. Probably one of, if not the darkest backstories for any character dealing with real abuse and trauma that it showed people. Um, I mean, it was incredible. And every single week I was on the edge of my seat wanting to see more and more and more and more and more. Uh, they haven't confirmed a season two, unfortunately. I think now they can go into a movie if they wanted to. Moon Knight and the Knights of Desperado, something like that. I don't know, man. Give me, give me a movie with this guy. Cause he's like, his character is too fucking good to not be. Um... I mean, man, they, like, what else can I say about this? It was just a great show. And highly entertaining, but I found myself rooting for this guy and his whole story. Also, I was devastated when Steven, like, finally stood up for himself and tried to help Mark, and then he fell off the boat. Like, legit devastated. Like, my heart actually hurt afterwards, because it's like, no, no, the innocent one, not him. Um, yeah, Moon Knight is my number eight. I, I recommend this show to everybody. If you haven't seen it yet, what the fuck are you doing? It's a it's a great show. And also, a sh probably the show that is most separated from the MCU, because it doesn't reference it even once. Uh, but it's kind of cool to know that, that that exists, you know, just out there, and that he could pop out, you know, anytime that he wants. Yeah. Um, so that's great. Uh, that was your number eight, Yes, right? sir. Now you're number seven. All right, my number, number seven. Let's go back to comedy. And... This is one of my comfort shows, and this is one of my comfort characters, and maybe that should say, that it should spite some toxicity in me, because he's not, like, the most perfect guy. But uh, he's a character and an actor that I really relate to, and that I, I, I freaking love uh, this character. Uh, Nick Miller from New Girl, uh, huh. played by played by Jack Johnson. He, I love this character, because he, uh, you, you're going to hear me say this a lot, but a lot of my characters really have the best one-liners and, like, the best... Uh, quotes and I think he is so funny. He uh, New Girl does this thing where every once in a while the characters will just start yelling at each other sometimes at the same time, and that's I think when the comedy is the best because all of them have one they have really funny voices they're giving really funny things to say and the chemistry between all of them is great. And Nick Miller is this character who's this kind of washed up. He works at a bar. Uh, he's he's a bartender and everyone else thinks that he doesn't have his life together and it, and until it finally kicks that. He's doing it because he wants to. Like, his dad was a lawyer. He wanted him to, to, to be a lawyer. He took the bar exam. He passed. But he was like, all right, I passed. But I don't want to do this. I'm gonna, I like being a bartender. I'm going to stay being a bartender. And he enjoys that. And he has fun with that. Um, he also has this ongoing storyline of 
uh, really random things like him wanting to repair everything at the apartment by himself, uh, everyone else uh, putting money into his into his clothes after he does laundry so that he finds random money because they think that he's not gonna make it. Um, him having this ongoing friendship with this old Asian man that he meets at a park who never talks to him back. He just goes and talks to him and then he leaves. Um, he has this ongoing thing where he wants to write a zombie novel and, and he manages to do it by the end. Um, he's so great. Like, I love this character so much and his voice is funny. His performance is funny. Um, I freaking love him. And, and like, he has this alter ego called Julius Pepperwood where he pretends to be this really native Chicagoan character, where he walks in and he's like, hi, I'm Julius Pepperwood. I'm from Chicago. Thin crust pizza? No, thank you. I'm from Chicago. <laughs> and, oh, God, I love him. Like, he's he's the reason why I love Peter B. Parker and Into the Spider-Verse. His voice just perfectly fits that character. And uh, he pretty much plays a, a really similar guy. I forgot! Uh, yeah, God! Yeah, so I love Nick Miller. Uh, he plays this really, really cool character in, in the show, and uh, he is the thing. He's the main reason why I go back to rewatch New Girl quite often. So yeah, number seven is uh, Nick Miller from New Girl. Remind me, does New Girl end with him and Jess getting together after they had a kid? Uh, they don't have a they have a kid, but like in a super like flash forward thing, yeah. they do end up together. But then they like, yeah. But wait, they they don't have a kid together. Boy, don't they? So, okay, how does New Girl end with them? Do are they together? So in like, like the last few episodes, they do like a time. So they they get together, then they do a time jump, and then like they're still together, and then they're like, oh, we'll have a kid like late. Like they kind of suggest that they're gonna have a kid mm-hmm. later, but it does. They, they don't show. From what I remember, they don't show like a. Kid. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, fair, fair. All right, so so my number seven. Number my number seven. seven would beat the shit out of your number seven, and probably your numbers eight, nine, and ten. Although Ariana, St- although Ariana Stark might give give him a, a, a put up a fight. <clears throat> Billy the Butcher from The Boys. Okay. Have you seen The Boys? Not at all. Uh, so I'm gonna use a phrase that's gonna keep popping up uh, uh, from all my characters. Layered as fuck, complicated as fuck. When you first meet Billy the Butcher, he just seems like this really grumpy, pissed off guy that wants to kill superheroes. But nah, man, nah, that story gets complicated real fucking quick when you find out his backstory. From his childhood abuse that he endured for his brother, that way he wouldn't be hit, to to him finding love, becoming a soldier, finding love, and then his wife being taken from him. Like, her being assaulted and, like, thought dead. Um, you understand why he hates superheroes so much and he wants to put them down. You know, a, I want to say a fresh take because the comic isn't isn't new. The comics are more than 10 years old. Excuse me. From what I heard, and uh, uh, from what I've heard, the comics are not very good. <laughs> and, like, the show makes it really good. The show, the show's deviated, actually. Like, I can now say officially the show has deviated from, uh, from the comics uh, as of now. It's so much more bleak, though, man. It's so much more bleak. Um, but no, I'm, I'm looking forward to where season four and five will go, but Billy the Butcher, like, he's, he's like the Punisher with the heart of gold, if that makes sense. Like, like he's not a good dude who will always do the right thing, but you understand why he's doing the thing he does. 
And if you're an innocent person or, like, he cares about you, he will do his best to make sure you're not in the firing line. Uh, case in point, you know, it, are you going to watch The Boys or can I give a quick spoiler? I'll watch it eventually, but yeah, spoiler. But by the time I watch it, I'm going to forget. Uh, essentially, uh, and I'm not, this isn't giving too much away, uh, him and a friend are about to go deal with Homelander uh, along with another dude. Uh, but he finds out, oh, hey, this drug that we're taking to help us fight the superheroes is killing us. So instead of telling a friend, hey, like, if you take this, you're going to die, he just fucking knocks him out and leaves him there because he doesn't want him to take more and die. Like, in his own fucked up way, he's trying not to get his friend killed. And, I mean, even his friend even says, like, somewhere in there is a good man. Deep, deep, deep down in there, he's still good. He's trying to save people. He's trying to make sure that we don't get hurt, you know. Um... And again, that, that's what I like in my characters. Layered. I, I like complicated. I like stories where I can root for them, but I understand why they're not just black and white good people. They're shades of gray, and I like that. Um, so Billy the Butcher is my number seven. There. So one of the one of the reasons I'm gonna deviate a little, but like one of the reasons why I want really want you to keep watching My Hero Academia <laughs> is because everything that you just said. Reminds me of this one character that shows up in like seasons two or three. Mm -hmm. uh, there's this uh, really, really, really small tangent, but there's this character called Stained, and he's known as the hero killer because he literally kills heroes. But he does it in a way where like, or, or, where like these heroes, they just do it for the money. They're not real heroes. So like, I'm going to kill them. But like, he respects All Might because he's like, oh, he does it because he wants to help people. Like, that's, that's cool. He's cool in my book. Every other hero is like, fucking faker and like, I'm gonna like I really want you to see that storyline because I think you really like he's, it he's called the hero killer Stain the hero killer yeah the hero. his uh, quirk is that if he tastes someone someone's blood they they can't move like they they freeze like whatever they're doing Jesus Christ this guy looks hardcore so, yeah the guy's super hardcore but like his whole ideology really makes the world really three, three dimensional um, I mean you, you know what it reminds me of though uh, he doesn't even have a nose. What the fuck's wrong with this guy? Um, you know, but you know who he kind of reminds me of? Uh, Thor, Love and Thunder. The no, I'm not. But I know the I know I know the comic okay, book character. So it reminds you of Gore. I know Gore, the God Butcher. You you know Gore, the yeah. God Butcher. Okay, remind me. Okay, I watched it last night. I want to tell you about a part, but I'll tell Deal. you later. Uh, because it left me wowed. Okay, um, number six. We're going to number six. Uh, right? Number six, yes. So number six, another recent character, slightly recent, a couple years, um, but one that kind of uh, got into my heart immediately and became just a little spark of joy in the middle of this horrible pandemic. Uh, Ted Lasso. Ah, uh, oh, fuck! I should have included Ted Lasso. Damn it! Honorable mention. How did I think about <laughs> yeah. it? Fuck. Look, also, yeah, no, this one, this one, I, 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 I was making the list and I was like, shit, Ted Lasso, yeah. I, so I had to take someone out and I had to put him in. <laughs> um, so that's that, that's the one that I ended up replacing. But I fucking love Ted Lasso. Jason Sudeikis, uh, who is a, an actor that has played, you know, no end of really remarkable characters. And he's really good as like on the side. Very rarely have we seen him at the front. Um, but he's almost unrecognizable. I, 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 I hate seeing interviews of him now because I, I cannot unhear the accent. That's all I hear when, whenever I hear him talk. Like that, That's what I want to hear. Uh, so he looks weird right now without the mustache. He looks weird without the accent. So um, Ted Lasso is 
everyone who has seen the show can tell you that they get charmed immediately by him. He's such a... Oh, God, he's such... His charm, his personality, his humor, like how he gets... Uh, uh, he comes into a, a, a place in the world that is just so ready to hate him. And he start, and he doesn't see that as like... He doesn't go back to his house and be like, oh, they hate me. He doesn't care. He goes back every day again to try again. And yeah, he gets discouraged sometimes. But he, the fact that he keeps trying in his own kind of way is so inspiring. And so... This show leaves me with a smile on my face every time that I see any episode. And I, I have this test. I, I watched it and I loved it. But every time that I recommended it to someone, the test is the end of the second episode. When they see that he's the one that's making the biscuits for mm-hmm. Rebecca, everyone is like, oh, I'm in. I'm so in. Like, he, like I, I watched, I remember I made my sister watch the show and she, she loves soccer. So she, so she was down to see it just because of that. But when they get to the second episode and she she sees, oh, he makes the biscuits. Okay, yeah, I'm, I, I, I get it. Like, uh, that's the moment that, like, everyone is immediately enthralled by it. And I, and again, this show has no end of great characters uh, from the, the, the really tight to really funny Rebecca to the, the, the very funny Roy Kent to Coach Beard to Keely to uh, Jamie Tart to Leslie to even Nathan. Like, they're all good characters. They're all such good characters. And, but they're led, they're led by him, and the show works because he works. Uh, and he's uh, really an inspiration, really. Like, every time that I see him uh, say anything, I, I, I want to be a better person. And, like, if that's not a great character, then I don't know what is. So I, I love uh, Ted Lasso. He's my number... In a perfect world, he would be number one, but there are no end of great characters, so he, he's great. I- I know doubt that if the next season is great, he might jump to like a higher position. You know, I re- I regret this list now because fuck man, Ted Lasso should have been on this list. You know what, folks? Honorable mention: Ted Lasso and Roy Kent. Because legit, I think the hardest I've cried laughed in a very long time was when Roy said, "Jamie Todd's a muppet, and he dies of the incurable disease of being a little bitch." Jeez, Roy, tell us how you really feel. You're a shit manager. <laughs> Fuck you. Just, just. You're a shit manager. <laughs> like, I legit was, I, I was re-listening. I was watching some of my, like, highlights. Like, well, not watching. I was driving and listening to some highlights, right? And when it gets to that yeah. part, I was laughing. I was about to start laughing so hard. I had to pull over. I was driving. I'm like, I got to pull over. I need to let this laugh out because, like, I'm going to get someone killed. Um, so yeah, yeah, no, J- oh, god damn. And then even Jamie Tart, like, even his character's like, the moment where you see his dad being an asshole, and then Roy just goes up and hugs him, like, that actually, that made Nikki cry, that got me, like, oh, man, like, yeah. damn. He evolves so well, because even by the end of the first season, I didn't hate him, uh, I, I understood where, where everything that was happening, that he was coming from, and then by the second season, he became one of my favorite characters, he, he, turned out, he turned around so well, but again, this show has no end of great characters, from Sam to Danny Rojas to, to, uh, to Jesus, all the team members. So quotable great. also, football uh, is life! <laughs> football is, football life. is life, and football is death, and that is okay. <laughs> yeah, that, uh, the the this is the sports psychology. Like we 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 could do an episode on just Ted Lasso, but you know, um, but just a reminder: if you haven't seen Ted Lasso, fucking watch Ted Lasso. Cannot wait for the third season. Yeah. Really. All right. So my number six. All right. Let me see. If you, let, let me see Your if you can six. get. No. That, no. That was my number six. Yeah. So now my number six. So it's 
yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. tell me if you can guess this character just from this part. Number one, can you please sing okay. the opening lyrics for I Want It That Way by the Backstreet Boys? Really? Okay. You are my fire. Number two, keep it going. I'm not going to do the whole thing. Uh, Jake Peralta is my number six. All right, just, just because he's a fictional cop, I'm going to give him a pass, but he's still a cop, so... Oh, I've got, like, two more cops on my list. Good luck, buddy. <laughs> um, <laughs> good luck, man. <laughs> but, okay, so Jake Peralta, uh, funny and a good friend. It, I think you mentioned New Girl, how it's a bit of an escapism for you. Like, you watch it to kind of, like, relax and de-stress because it's, it's a good, relaxing, funny show that makes you chill. For me, that's Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Um... It's not just because they're cops. It, it's so different, though, because I've never seen a comedy cop show. I've never seen that. I've seen comedy baking, comedy office, comedy fucking anything. Insert anything. Medical. I've never seen a comedy cop show, but this show fucking works in every way, shape, and form. From Lieutenant Jeffries, Terry Crews' incredible performance. Uh, Rosa, how like serious, but yet somehow funny she is. Scully and Hitchcock being dimwits, the captain being funny, Amy Santiago, like so many uh, great characters. Boyle, the the only character I hate is uh, who's the meme one? G- Gina. I, I dislike Gina with a passion. Gina, like for real. A lot of people dislike Gina. I don't. That's fair. I I, I you have every right to be wrong. Yeah, I I agree yeah. with your right to be wrong. <laughs> but um, yeah, no. As, as far as like the whole pack though, Jake Peralta. I mean, he's funny. He's upbeat. He's 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 almost like Goku. I hate to say that in a weird way because he's like endlessly optimistic in the most bleak situation. We're gonna get it out of this. We're gonna figure it out. Like he's like, and that's the only way he knows how to be. I can't remember any single part in the show where he's ever actually been down. He's always okay. How are we gonna get out of this? How are we gonna do this? How are we gonna win? I disagree with your Goku comparison because Jake Peralta would actually be a good father. Wait, because Jake Peralta would actually what? <laughs> because he would actually be a good father. Goku sacrificed himself on multiple occasions to save his son. Fuck you, he is a good dad. <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah, you know, it's it's cool. It would be cool if he was actually... There. I'm sorry, he's too busy uh, protecting the fucking universe. I'm sorry I didn't attend your <laughs> soccer game, Gohan. Did you win? If you didn't, we have a fucking problem. <laughs> I'm gonna be a great father someday. I'm sorry, I had to do that. <laughs> I'm gonna be a great father someday. No, no, no. And a cool thing about a cool thing about Jake is that even the things that should bring him down are also used for comedy. Like his daddy issues are such an ongoing thing in the show that like, but they're never used to like, oh, let's feel bad. No, it's like, oh, I feel bad. Laugh at me. <laughs> It's great. But it's so, like, yeah. it might be the best, I don't know if I, I don't know if it's fair to call this, one of the best original shows in a very long time, because the best of my knowledge, there's nothing Brooklyn Nine-Nine is based off of. The Office is a remake. Bel Air remake. Like, I, the, the Boys is from yeah. a comic book. You know what I mean? Like, this is an original comedy TV show that fucking hits. And the, my only bad part is the fact that we're only going to get one more season and that's it. That's my only negative on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Isn't it overall? I think they still have one season to go, but I think the pandemic threw it out of whack, if I'm not mistaken. I thought it was already over. I, I right. think they still have 
I think th- because they're all branching out to other things, so they're trying to get everyone back together for one season, like to like put like a cap on it, and that's it. But anyway, yeah, Jake yeah. Peralta is my number six. Okay. You're number five. All right, number five. All right, let's take you. Let's go over across the Atlantic, and uh, look, there's no end of great British comedy shows. There's there's millions of them. But one of them specific, specifically captured my heart on how simple and funny it and funny it is that uh, and it has one of my favorite characters ever and it is a little show called the IT crowd and one of its main characters called Maurice Moss so he usually just goes by Moss so what is the IT crowd about for anyone who doesn't know it's a show about literally an IT department in a big company a company that is never specified what they do and it's just three people working in this IT department. They work in a basement, and they get called regularly to just go go upstairs to, to do random IT jobs. The show popularized the line, have you tried turning it on and off again? Because that's all they do. Like, every episode is just them receiving a call. One of them answers the phone and is like, hello, IT. Have you tried turning it off and on again? Yeah, that's what it was. Okay, bye. And, like, that's it. That's the whole show. It's just these three, these three characters just chilling. And Moss... It's like the epitome of a nerd, you know. He's got the checkered shirt, he's got like the tight pants, he's got like the big glasses, he's got like the afro hair, but he's so stupidly funny and he's got so many great one-liners. Like this like he's the reason why the show works. He 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 is a good a balance to the other two characters who are more of the of the straight man, but oh god, he's so he's so funny without trying. Like, uh, and he will say really random lines. Like, like, like he'll just be like sitting around, and like uh, Jan, who's the other member of the team, like will go up to him and be like, "Hey, you got plans for tonight?" And, and he'll be like, "He'll be like, yeah, I have some D and D with some friends." And and she'll be like, "D and D, like dinner and drinks?" And he's like, "Far from it, Jan." <laughs> yeah, like uh, he's got lines like that, or like he'll be he's got lines of like, uh, "Oh, I I ordered both both the kid and adult versions of the new Harry Potter book, and I'm gonna read them to see if they have any differences." <laughs> like he like he'll just say really random, really strange things, and uh, oh god, I love him. Also, he's got one of those voices. He's got this really like high pitched voice that somehow is both not annoying and really funny. Like he's got one of those voices that like anything that he says is funny. Like I I, I don't know how to explain it. He's uh, he's just really good at that, and uh, so he's got really quirky habits. He does really random lines, and uh, oh god, he there's a, there's an episode where he goes into this this game show of like uh, where he's giving random letters, and he has to make up a word, and the person who makes the longest word wins, and he just starts making up random words, and then, and, and like he'll make up like a random word, and they'll be like, okay, can you use it in a sentence? And he's like, yes, I just made up the word this, and he wins. Like he's so good at this um oh god no he's he's great anyone who hasn't seen the it crowd they're they're like three seasons every season is like four episodes long and it's one of the funniest sitcoms out there uh and he works so well so uh my favorite one one of my favorite comedy characters maurice moss from the it crowd also the show's on netflix i think so it's like super accessible okay there you go the it crowd damn i never heard that show like legit never once in my life heard about it but I believe it. Super funny. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, I see your comedy, and I will raise you a comedy. Uh, might be a bit of a basic bitch here. I want to remind everybody of my disclaimer. Uh, I haven't been that exposed to a lot of TV, new TV. <clears throat> as white bread as white bread can be, 
Ladies and gentlemen, Marshall from How I Met Your Mother. Oh, no, he's a great <laughs> character. He's a great character. No, you're, you're right. He's like the best character out of, out of all of them. I, so, no, you know, right. it's funny. When I was younger, I thought I, I, I liked Ted. And now that I'm older and actually married and I go back and rewatch, I'm like, Ted's a piece of shit. Marshall all the way. <laughs> same thing with fucking Ross. No, Marshall is the best character. No, it's same thing with Friends. Like, like Ross, yeah. you're a fucking idiot. Like, Chandler's where it's at. But anyway, we're talking about Marshall here. Uh, Marshall, uh, dude, if there was a relatable character in any of those, like, friend gang shows, probably Marshall's the most. Yeah. Because, you know, he goes from being engaged to not being engaged, to getting married, becoming a father, becoming a Supreme Court justice. He's a lovable best friend we all wish we had. Um, also, he has probably the one... So, folks... It's very hard to make me, like, so emotionally invested that I actually get teared up, right? It's not very common. It's very rare. Marshall does it in one episode. The episode where his father passes away. The countdown. It's time. Um, Sad, well, not so fun fact. Fun fact, sort of. When they were going to film that scene, uh, the actual actor uh, who plays Marshall... What's his name? I don't remember. Um, Uh, shit. So, he insisted... Uh... He insisted. Jason Segel. Thank you. So he, Jason Segel insisted that he not be told any of the lines. He insisted that they play it out. They were going to do it once, and they want to see how it would go. So it was more, yeah. you know, uh, it was more real. It was more genuine. So his whole reaction of you know my dad's dead, and then Lily's crying, and he just hugs her, and he starts saying you know I'm not ready for this, like breaking down and everything. That punch in your gut just works. And it, it hits you in the heart, and man, if it didn't get you, if it didn't get you misty-eyed, you have no fucking heart. Um, and then you see yeah. him dealing with all this. You see, he's also strange enough the voice of reason often with Ted. You good? You good? Yeah. You sure? No, you're good, man. You're good. Yeah. Uh, He's also often the voice of reason with Ted. You know, even when he'll tell him stuff he doesn't want to hear, Marshall's often, you know, the dad of the group. He's the one that, like, no, you should do this, you should do that. I find him incredibly relatable when he, like, sells his soul to the corporate world so he can make sure that his family has enough. Like, I fucking now more than ever understand him. Um... His fights with Lily are strangely realistic in the sense of, like, you understand both couples' uh, side of the argument, which is hard to do. Typically, it's very obvious so-and-so is acting out or so-and-so is wrong. Like, the writers of this show managed to give Lily and Marshall two very fair and opposite and opposing views. Marshall's a friend that we all wish we had, man, and I just... I couldn't help but gravitate towards his story. Um, Yeah, Marshall, my number six. Or five. Was it number five or six? One, two, three, four, five. Uh, five. Yeah. Uh, no, he's great. He's great. I totally forgot about how I met your mother when making this <laughs> list. Um, have you have you seen the new show? The the how I met. It's your not mother? as good. Have you seen yeah. the whole thing? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. It's not <laughs> as good, but I like the little winks to the audience to the to the previous show. Um, number four. Okay, 
another slightly newer character from like a couple of years ago. Um, uh, another comedy show, another British comedy show. Uh, uh, I'm talking about the show Fleabag. And her main character, her name is Fleabag. So, uh, so Fleabag is this show uh, created by Phoebe Waller-Bridge, who is very slowly becoming one of my new favorite people, just like, just like anywhere. She's so stupidly funny, and this show is both dark and funny at the same time. Uh, if you haven't heard of Fleabag, it's this show. It's on it's on Amazon Prime. It's it's, it's a Prime original. And it's just the daily life of this woman in her 30s. She owns a bakery. And it's about her relationship with her sister, with uh, kind of coping with her friend, her best friend who passed away. And, she's, and they're also coping with the idea that her father is going to remarry. So that's that's the that that's kind of the whole thing but it's both kind of dark and really funny in like a very dark way this is this show employs the the character breaking the fourth wall she constantly talks to the audience and you can quote me on this this is the best use of breaking the fourth wall that i've ever seen better than deadpool but better than malcolm in the middle better than any other thing that has used breaking the fourth wall to talk to the audience this is the best use of it so if you're a fan of that this is a show to watch okay it's also really sh really uh, short. It's two seasons of uh, six episodes each, um, and the show is really good. It's just her daily life with her with her, with her daily monologues. The first season is all about her coping with her best friend's death, and then the second season is about no joke. She falls in love with a Catholic priest. Yes. Okay. <laughs> And it's super funny and it's super dark and it's this great exploration of just this woman just coping with life and just going through what through what she needs. And her talking to the audience is almost used as a coping mechanism. There's a scene where uh, in the second season where she's talking, she becomes really good friends with the priest. Uh, the priest has no name. He's literally just called the hot priest. And uh, so she becomes really good friends and she's and he's visiting her cafe and they're talking and she kind of, she starts having this thing where She's talking to the audience because we're her, f like she refers to the audience as her friends. Like there's an episode where she's talking to a therapist and the therapist asks her like, do you have any friends? And she just kind of like looks at the camera like, yeah, we talk all the time. And this is like her coping. And then there's a scene, there's a great scene where she's talking with the priest in the second season. And she's like, and, and he goes like, what's going on? Like what's going through your mind? And she goes, nothing. And then she looks at the camera like, Hey, look, what is this guy talking about? Like, nothing. And then the priest looks at the camera like, who are you talking to? Like, what's happening? Like, like how do you do it? Like, like, I, like you were talking and then he, you kind of like went away and you just got like, what what happened? And she goes like, nothing. Like, just leave me alone. Like, and this this becomes like a thing. Like, you, you clearly see that this use of breaking the fourth wall is like her coping mechanism. And it's greatly executed. And it's and the second season especially is one of the great, I think one of the greatest storylines ever made. Like, her with the priest. Oh, it's great. The ending is a fucking gut punch. Um, so Fleabag is a great show. And uh, and Phoebe Waller-Bridge, who's the creator, main actress, writer, uh, she co-wrote the script to No Time to Die, like after creating the show. Uh, and she's going to star in the new uh, Indiana Jones. So she's she's doing a lot of things. Oh, right good for her. Uh, so she's great. I love her. Yeah. Uh, so 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 yeah. Go, go get that money, Phoebe. You 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 got this. She's super funny. She's super tall. So she's like she's super unique mm -hmm. looking. Uh, so uh, she's a person that really grabs your attention, and she she's great in, the, in a show like this. Her relationship with her sister is fantastic, also, and also the show does a great use of like very physical humor, like not 
not like punches and, and jumping, but like a lot of physical stuff happens in the show that's really funny. Uh, if you have the time, watch it. It's super short. The episodes are like 20 to 30 minutes. And uh, like I said, only 12 episodes. And they they stay right here. They are, they, oh, they're, they're great. Um, so yeah, if you haven't seen Fleabag, for the love of God, watch it. It's one of the best things that, have, that, that has happened to television in years. Uh, this is one really that to, to put attention to. Um, so it's great. I freaking love Fleabag, and uh, she's uh, she's a great character. So number four, Fleabag. Okay, damn. Well, um, I'm going to go way in the opposite direction. I ain't going no comedy. This is going to be this is going to get really dark, really serious. I have no comedy actually now that I'm looking at it from this point forward. So <laughs> good luck. Um, my my number All four right. started out as a pizza delivery boy and ended up one of the biggest. Well, one of the best badasses that we've ever seen on television. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Glenn from The Walking Dead. I knew it. I, that, that was the other one that I knew was going to be. Oh, it's called Glenn. So, he starts out as a goof and becomes a badass. Um, and he's kind of the moment that started the show, if you think about it. When Rick gets caught in that, uh, in that tank, who's the one that radios him and tells him, Hey, dumbass. Looks like you got yourself caught, huh, Sheriff? What'd you think? You're gonna just ride in here, clear up the town, yeehaw? Yeah, something like that. You know. Glenn is just such a lovable character, but also he has honor in him. Like, like he could have left Rick to die and just go be on his merry way, but instead, no, he goes on this insane journey uh, to be this guy that we love. He he matures, he finds this romance, this weird this insanely like endearing romance with the farmer's daughter you know maggie um he has these comedy moments but also these character moments where he tries to be strong he he tries to lift people up he tries to be hopeful he's he's the light at the end of the tunnel just a great character that you love and that's in doing no short part to steven yoon's performance as glenn um like you can't help but love and root for the character. And also, folks, here's a little peek behind the curtain. Back when The Walking Dead was first coming out during the first couple of seasons, streaming wasn't really a thing. Like, it wasn't very popular. It wasn't really, wasn't that well used. So we had to do something different back then. Back then, we had to wait a week for each episode. You know, in between. Um, and I remember every Sunday, either I would get out of work and watch the replay... Or uh, I would be at home watching the actual, you know, the initial shot. And uh, I'd have to avoid social media for about an hour and a half to not get any spoilers on my phone. And that's all anyone would talk about the next day is what happened with Rick or with Maggie or with Glenn or Alexandria or the governor or whatever storyline was going on at the time. Terminus. Um, so there was just so much going on, but somehow he was always center of the character. Like fucking, like almost abusively. Uh, the writers would constantly put Glenn in danger because, I don't know, maybe they could tell the audience loved him. So, he, like, there were, like, three fake-outs where, is he dead? No, he's not. But yes, he is. No, he's not. But yes, he is. No, not. No, he's not. Uh, and funny, not funny enough, sadly enough, when Glenn did die... By the way, folks, here's another thing. I've never seen The Walking Dead since Glenn's death. I, I refused to watch that episode. I stopped watching right before he was about to get beat, and I haven't seen it since. I have not seen any of the following episodes. I think they've had like three or four seasons since Glenn died. Um, nope, fuck you. Not watching it until until Negan dies. I will watch. I will start rewatching the fucking show. Jeffrey Dean Morgan, you son of a bitch. <laughs> um, but also, funny enough, 
that season where like Glenn gets killed and beat to death, that's the highest rated episode in the history of The Walking Dead. You know what happened after that? Ratings fucking dropped off a cliff. Why? <laughs> you tell me, man. I wonder if it's because like we were tired of the abuse. <laughs> like I this is a, this is a subject for another day, but I think the writers of The Walking Dead like don't respect their audience. Like there's only so many times you can pull on the yo-yo before like people get pissed off. And I think The Walking Dead is a perfect example of like you pull that string too fucking much, shit's going to go sideways and it did. Nonetheless. Uh, that's my number four, Glenn. Didn't he, did he die in the comics in the same way that he died? Yes, in the show, and you know what? They've changed a lot of things from the show, from the comics to the show. That's one of the things they should have changed. They should have kept him on. That was a stupid mistake on their part. Have you seen the video of like when he's when it's his last day on set and and everyone goes to, to, to say goodbye to him? No. I'll I'll find it and send it to you because it, it pops up every every once in a while on my on, on my Twitter timeline for some reason like it's it's really nice because like every because like he's talking to like and someone who's interviewing him and then one by one every single cast member just goes up to hug him and like to say goodbye to him and he's so happy but he's also like you know dead I love Stephen Yeun I cannot wait to see the the new Jordan Peele movie the, the Nope because I, I know yeah. he's in it so I I, I can yeah I, I cannot wait to see it um, yeah. Uh, so that's number four. What was it? Wait, no, that was my number. Wait, one, four. two, three. Yeah, that was my number four. So you're number three. My number three. Uh, let's stay on dark comedies. Uh, and this is more of a, I don't know, Lynchian comedy. I don't know how to explain. This, this is a very. It's a strange comedy. It's uh, it's and and it 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 is very much on purpose. This is a show that like kind of lives and dies on being strange on purpose and it's very surrealistic uh every episode sometimes it's its own short story uh with, with like its ongoing plot kind of being put to the side just so they can be very experimental and very weird and it created it gave birth to one of my favorite characters of all time and that is the show atlanta atlanta mm -hmm. and the character of darius portrayed by lakeith stanfield okay mm -hmm. So, uh, like, Keith Stanfield is one of the strangest actors that has popped up in the past few years, and he's always he always hits it out of the park on everything that, that he's on. He is great, and Darius might be his best character because uh, do you, have, have you seen Atlanta? Like, do, do do you know the plot? I've seen very little parts of it, like little like little TikTok snippets of okay. it. Okay. Okay, so the show is about uh, Donald Glover, uh, who's this 30, 30 something who has a kid and. He has no job, he has no money, so he's like living between uh, his ex-girlfriends his ex to his parents' house. And he discovers that his cousin uh, has become a rapper and, and is, is, is starting to, you know, get a little bit of traction. So he comes up to him and he's like, hey, I can be your manager, I can help you, like, be your manager. And he goes like, you just want money, but sure, yeah, you, you know your stuff. And so it's the two of them, and then the rapper, the cousin, his name is Paperboy, he has his, like, kind of like his confidant, his right-hand uh, man. And it's this guy called Darius. And he is super eccentric. Like, he says really random, really vague, really strange things. But he's the kind of guy that you kind of want on your side. Because he makes life just a little bit more interesting. <laughs> like, he's this super strange guy. And he gets into really strange situations. Like, there's an episode where he goes to a gun range. Okay? Uh, 
and he said this gun range and he put you know how you you have like a paper of like a person that you like put and then you shoot like it's like an outline of a human right uh so he, you, you you're yeah. familiar with those right yeah so I, i've never been to a gun range but like that, that that's kind of like an image that you have like you know uh, so he goes to this gun range and he puts like one of those papers, but instead of being an outline of a person, it's an outline of a dog. And he kind of like puts it there. And then like just white people just start coming up to him and be like, hey, you can't shoot a dog. And it's like, it's a paper of a dog. And he goes, yeah, but that's, that's really dark, man. Like, I don't want my kids seeing that. It's like, we're in a shooting range. Like, why are you seeing, like, why are you letting your kids see a gun? It's like, no, like people is one thing, but like, why would you shoot a dog? It's like, you're shooting a person. Like, like, how does this make me like worse or better? And then he gets, and then he points, it's like, like, look, for example, you're shooting at this one thing and it's, it's, it's like an outline of a person, but it, it has a sign that says dad. And it's like, you're shooting at that. Like, how am I worse? <laughs> like, this is the kind of, like, this is, this is Dario's like day to day, you know? Uh, like, like he goes, like he goes, like this things just happen to him. There's an episode where, uh, oh Jesus, like a really random thing. Just look. Atlanta, every episode is like its own flavor of the week. Something really eccentric happens. And Darius is like the person that seems to be more connected to whatever, to everything that is happening. Um, so he's like super aware. There's an episode where he goes to, to Donald Glover's dad, dad's house. And he, and he goes like, hey, uh, can I measure your tree? And the dad goes like, not right now. And then Darius just goes, that, that, that just means no. Like, like he just says, like, that just means no. Like... And then, like, two episodes later, that tree falls and it hits the house. <laughs> so he was measuring it because he knew that he was going to fall and, like, hit the house. Like, this guy just knows shit, That's... okay? So this is the kind of character that you kind of want on your... Yeah. He's super weird. He's super strange. But he's weirdly, like, super connected to, to, to like, everything that is happening. So he has really weird tangents and, yeah. Uh, the, there's an episode where, like, he's talking with... Uh, with uh with uh urn who's uh, played by donald glover and he had he ha he's eating like cereal out of, out, of, out of a bowl and and he goes mm, breakfast bowl and urn just looks at him like you made that up and darius goes everything's made up stay woke. <laughs> like like what the fuck that's just so fucking random there's there's an episode where he finds a hat with a confederate flag on it that says like heritage not hate or uh -huh. something and he buys it he w and he buys it with a red marker and he like uh like blurs out some of the letters so that it just says like you mad <laughs> like he just wears it out of the store he's so fucking weird there's an episode where like uh, some side it's an episode where like none of the main characters show up just like side characters and they're supposed to go to like a party at drake's house and they just walk in and they're, they're like, oh my God, well, let's see if we bump into Drake. Let's see if we bump into Drake. And they go to a pool and Darius is just sitting there at the pool. They're like, Darius, what are you doing here? It's like, I don't know. Like, I'm here, bro. I'm just here, man. <laughs> yeah. Like he's, he's so strange, but he's so, oh my God, he's so enjoyable. He's like the best part of the, of the whole show. And uh, he's great. Like there's no end to really good lines from him. Uh, so if you watch Atlanta, he's like the best character and like Keith Stanfield plays him beautifully to the point where like when I see him in something else, I just think he's Darius, like just having another adventure. Like when I see him, when he, he was one of the detectives in Knives Out and whenever I saw him there, I was like, oh my God, he's, he, this is just Darius, like having a second job or something. <laughs> he's just so 
weird. So if you haven't seen Atlanta, he's the reason to watch it, honestly. He's so good. Better than Daniel Glover? Uh, Donald Glover is great, but he is like the straight man of the show. He's kind of there to like level everything else out. Okay. Um, and he plays him great as well, but he he does more of the dramatic. Like Donald Glover, even though he's really funny, he doesn't do a lot of comedy in the show. But he's like one of the main writers. He's one of the main directors, so he really does a lot to set the mood of the show, which is great. Um, but Darius is and, and Darius like weirdly fits that strange dark mood, but in a very funny way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he, I think he is like the best thing of the show. But the show itself is great. Okay, number three. Yeah. Darius from Atlanta? Darius. Okay. Darius. All right. Yeah. Uh, I see your number three, and I raise your number three. Uh, number two in our road to three cops. Uh, the second best cop ever on TV. Um, this is the only show with two entries on the list, by the way. My number three is Rick from The Walking Dead. Rick Grimes. Jesus. All right. I thought Glenn would be higher, but okay. So, um, I think Rick is higher because I, as much as I understand Glenn and his relationship with Maggie, I also kind of feel Rick's, I, Rick's, um, not necessarily his need, but his conundrum to where he has to, he has a family going into this. He has a son and a wife and a kid on the way that's not his, um, but he is put arguably in the toughest position of any character because he has this family he's trying to protect. He's trying to lead these people on through this horrible, horrible apocalypse, you know, with walkers and whatnot. And just just the opening scene of The Walking Dead of him having to shoot a little girl in the head, like this little zombie girl, that's the opening fucking scene of the show. I can't think of a show that has a better opening scene, if I'm being honest with you. Um... Like just to give you an idea, this is the this is the direction we're gonna go, and it's only gonna get fucking dark from here on out. The premise is so insane, but it's so fun to watch. Um, and you see him take such high highs and such low lows. You know his mental breakdown after Lori gets killed. Um, him having to snap at the people in Alexandria, saying, "You fuckers are sheltered. You don't know what it's like out there." Like, you have it so easy in here. We need to protect it, not uh, fucking waste it, you idiots. To, to everything in between him, uh, him uh, in the comics, there's actually a part where uh, he actually manages to trick Negan. He actually stoops down to his level. Uh, Rick, you know, after everything that happens with the governor, trying to take a step back and like, no, there's a council now. Like, they're the leaders. I'm just here to help. I would just want to be a farmer. I just, I don't want to deal with this bullshit anymore. I don't want to have to be the one that's responsible. Oh, but you have to be, Rick, because you are. Mm-hmm. And moving forward, you know, that, that scene, you know, Carl, Carl. And then what happens with Herschel? Yeah. Like, yeah. Ugh, God, there's just so much. Um, so much to his story that I appreciated, that I liked. Again, I only watched it up until the point of Glenn's death. But the Rick that I got from that first point onward great tv character great character great uh protagonist that you can't help but cheer for i don't know if he got dark or evil later on but i know that i liked the rick i had up until that point uh so that's my number three rick grimes all right rick grimes i really thought that okay now i, I really thought because I, I know you loved glenn so that I, I thought he would i thought if you were gonna have a 
character from Walking Dead, it would have been him and just him. Uh, but, for, right. for me, I guess a big part of it is who's relatable, but also a big part of it is whose story is better. And Glenn's story is an uphill of him transforming, but Rick's story is more... I don't know, I project myself a lot into these characters that I watch, so I guess I typically gravitate towards the protagonist, the main guy, because that's who I am, you know, fucking quotation marks. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Alright, sounds great. We're heading to yes, number sir. two. Okay. Alright, uh, the thing about this character, and I think it, it, it's, it's part of the disclaimer, this character started in a TV show, then they had a movie. Okay, just to like end the show. Mm-hmm. So I think it counts because it's mostly well known as a show. And then, oh, uh, it got canceled. So we, they made a movie. That was the ending. Okay. So I don't consider them a movie character. I consider them a TV character first. Okay. That makes yeah. sense. We good with that? All right. My s- number two. Uh, preface. Fuck Just Sweden. Okay. Nothing to do with him. Nothing to do with him. Just I have to give a heads up that I'm not on his side. But he did create one of my favorite shows of all time. So I'm going to, you know, leave it to to everything else. Uh, from the show Firefly. Okay. One season show. Unjustly canceled. Everyone thinks this is one of the most uh, unfair cancellations of all time. And the thing about Firefly is that the plot of the show is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. There's nine main characters. And the whole plot of the show, or like the way that it has been, it's been described, is nine people looking at the vastness of space and each one of them seeing something different. Like, that's that's the show. It's the life and times of this crew, of this, in, in this ship. The ship is called the Serenity. And it's about space cowboys. It's a, it's a western that is set in space. And all nine of these main characters could be everyone, anyone's favorite character. They're all great, they're all unique, they're all interesting, and they're all fun. Uh, but I have a favorite. And my favorite is Kaylee or Kaywineth Lee Fry. Uh, she's played by Jewel State, and she is kind of like the mechanic engineer of the ship. So each character has a one is the captain, one is the pilot, one is the doctor. Like each one has a different uh, thing to do. Uh, Kaylee is the youngest member of the group. She is like in her I, I'm gonna say early twenties, uh, and she is the super smart engineer uh, of the. Uh, of the crew and she is kind of the heart of the ship and the heart of the show because each character you know they're all have like their own backstory they'll have their own ongoing storyline her thing is that she's super chipper she's super nice she's super sweet she kind of surrounds herself in bright and positive attitude uh and she is kind of like the thing that makes every, that makes every job easier because everyone kind of trusts her to like balance out all the darkness of what is happening with her super positive attitude uh and you know they see her and she's kind of like she's always covered in grease she always has this really cute green jumpsuit that she's always you know running around she's always fixing something she has this just super endearing attitude she's a person that you definitely want on your team because she just makes everything easier uh and she has one of those attitudes that like like ted lasso like you want to be a better person just by seeing her uh just kind of be a good person and her evolution in the show is like uh, she is a good engineer. She meets uh, in the first episode. They meet uh, this doctor character called Simon, who joins the crew, and the two of them kind of start forming this really cute, innocent flirtation flirtation ship uh, that really goes all the way in the show and in the movie. Um, and also to balance out, she's like the biggest horn dog out of all of them. Like she, 
<laughs> not really like she says this really random strange lines out of nowhere that like work in the context of the show and she oh god she's so she says them with such a straight face and she's so funny especially in the movie like uh like throughout the whole show she and simon kind of have this back and forth of like oh will they won't they like will they get together and then by the end they're about to die and he goes like my one regret is that we never we never got into a relationship and we never had sex and in kaylee's like fuck this i'm gonna live <laughs> hell yeah like it's it's great <laughs> It's great, and she she's so she's so great, and also she balances out because she's this super cutesy uh, like character, and like, uh, but she's always like co- like I said, covered in grease in this jumpsuit. So like nobody, so like especially uh, Malcolm, who's the captain, he just sees her as like oh this is just just engineer that we found. Uh, so they get to like this this city, and she sees this really big, loud pink frilly dress, and she's like oh that's so cute. And he goes you're never gonna wear it. So like, why do you care? And then, oh, she gets sad, and she doesn't want to talk to him, and then he goes, like, oh, come on, I bought you the fucking dress, like, go, come with me to this, like, thing. And then she goes to this party where she wears this big, poofy dress, and she's so happy just running around, and then everything, and then you think, oh, she's gonna go, she's gonna have fun, she's gonna go down. No, she just starts talking to a bunch of, like, old men about engineering and about ships, and it's great, because she knows more about it than them. And she's so good. She's such a... A, 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 like this show is not like a negative show it's not a dark show but she brings so much light and so much uh, brightness to the show uh, so she's great and she she's uh, one of those characters that like wears her heart on her like I, feel, I think like, every character hides something she doesn't she wears her heart on her sleeve she's super positive and it's so hard to dislike her so uh, I love Kaylee she's one of my favorite characters ever made and uh, yeah I uh, since this actress has played other characters like in, in other shows but she will be remembered as Kaylee for like forever. Um, so, and that's great. That's a great character to, to have, honestly, because she's a super positive character and a super fun one. So, my number two, hard to dislike, Kaylee Fry. Okay. All right. I like that. Um, yeah. My number. Uh, I know Firefly was like canceled. Two. Fox has a history of canceling bullshit shows they shouldn't have canceled. Here's another honorable mention. Christopher Titus from Titus. Yeah. He should have been on my list. I'm sorry, folks. That show was canceled in 2003, just to give you an idea of how far back. <clears throat> but if you have never seen Titus, go watch it. Fucking incredible show. Um, but my number two is the third and final stop on our cop, three cops on my list trilogy. Uh, this cop is... All right. I challenge you to dislike this man. I challenge you to dislike this man. Because he does the right thing all the fucking time. Okay. Uh, also, I can probably say this. I think I've actually seen more TV time from this one guy than any other character on my list. Uh, the officer is uh, Detective Elliot Stabler from Law & Order SVU. Oh, yeah. okay. Have you seen SVU? Have you watched it? Or... No. Really? Sorry. Okay, so... Damn, then you know how satisfying it is watching him. So... SVU Special Victims Unit uh, stars, and don't fucking bullshit me with, it's an ensemble. Bullshit. There's two stars. There's Detective Elliot Stabler and uh, Olivia Benson. Benson. Thank you. Olivia Benson. I want to say Olivia Munn, but I know that's wrong. Uh, uh, Benson. Yeah, Stabler and Benson. Uh, they're the two lead characters. Let's be fucking real here. Detectives in New York dealing with uh, sexually based crimes. And, man, if it is not satisfying watching Stabler beat the shit out of, uh, out of Predators, uh, 
I don't know what the fuck is, man. But the thing is, is initially when you watch the show, that's what you get. It's just, oh, you know, big cop, scary dude, beat the shit out of, you know, bad guys. That's what you initially get. That's your initial taste of it. Until you watch the show and as the seasons progress, you get these snippets of his life, of his real world life. You know, why he does what he does. Uh, raised Irish Catholic. Uh, he has a family with, I think, like three kids. They end up having, I think, two more during the show. Uh, you see the toll that being a detective takes on his kids. You know, you watch him being protective, having these difficult conversations. You know, he talks to his daughter. This show is in the very, very early 2000s, in the very young stages of the internet. And he asks his daughter, like, do you ever get, like, unsolicited emails? Like, just asking. And his daughter's, like, 14, 13. She's like, well, yeah, Dad, but you just delete them. Like, it, it happens to all the kids at school. Or these drug parties that he has to have these yeah. tough conversations about, you know. Are kids like that at your school? Like, do you need to talk to me about this? Trying to be a good father, trying to balance, trying not to take work home, but you see the toll it does take on him, you know. He does get irritable. He does have these issues, you know. I don't like you being out here. Well, why, Dad? I'm just living my life. Because you don't see the shit that I see. You don't see the 20-year-old girl that knew what she was doing getting murdered on the subway. You don't see the shit I have to deal with. So I just want to protect you. And you get invested in his character. In those moments where he's vulnerable, it's it's insane. You know, you see him going through a divorce with his wife and then they rekindle the relationship when he says, you know, I don't want to lose you. I, I pick you over this job every day. Mm -hmm. uh, you see his son growing up and fighting with him. His son is a lot more like him than you, than you, uh, than you see. At one point, his son's best friend gets killed because he didn't want to listen to his son. Like, no, he's, I'm sure he's just out doing some stupid shit. No, his son's friend got killed. And if he had listened to his son, he might have been able to save him. Um, and his son, like, lashes out and says, you know, either sign this or I'm going off to the army when I'm 18 and you're never going to see me again. And he says, I get it, I get it, but I can't lose you. And he's just holding him and his son's crying, breaking down. And you get these really emotional moments. Um, and, and it's crazy because also when... So contract negotiations broke down, he wanted... To, he didn't want more pay. He wanted equal pay to uh, Olivia, the, the, the one that uh, plays Olivia Benson. She got a pay raise. He wanted not more, equal. He just said, hey, can I get paid the same as her? And they said, nah. So he walked. And for maybe ten, over 10 years, they've tried to replace Stabler. Never fucking could. Countless actors tried. They all fucking failed. No one can replace him because he is the OG tough cop that you want to have. Because, um, again, he's layered. You were invested in his character, in his family, in his upbringing. Yeah, they brought him back, but not the way everyone wanted. Everyone wanted him to be back on SVU with Olivia. He's not. He's with organized crime. That's fine. But seasons one through ten of Stabler, man... It was incredible. It, it was it was so fun to watch him. And again, the show was so stupidly rewatchable. I've probably watched more hours of Stabler in SVU than any other character on this list by a country mile. It's not even close. Well, you know, not every show has, you know, 13 fucking seasons. Yeah. You know? And not only that, there's like 20 episodes yeah. per season. Yeah, it's not like now where like every show has like yeah. 12. Yeah, like no, like back yeah. then, oh, writers have to fucking work. Um, but yeah, again, you see him dealing with everything from mo from human monsters to his own personal PTSD. He's the best cop TV has ever had, and fuck you, Sherlock. I am stupidly curious because now I have nothing. What could be your number one? 
Oh, it'll be obvious once I say it. Um, uh, maybe. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right, so that's yep. so number two, right? All right, my number one. Do you have any guesses? For my number uh, one? If it was movies, it'd be a different story. Even if it was anime characters, I have a few ideas. But for TV, I have nothing, man. Like, our, I don't think our taste in TV overlaps okay. very much. Uh, yeah, not not a lot, but um, I feel like once I say it, you're gonna be like, well, yeah, of course, because uh, I've I've talked about this character a lot in, in the past. So, same story with uh, Kaylee. Started in a show, showed up in a movie, um, but it is a TV character from the from the get go because that's how it was assigned, and it's a character that we've seen a lot of, and I cannot wait to see more of him again. And that is Matt Murdock, a.k.a. Daredevil, from Okay. Daredevil. Yeah, of course. Now, why is he number one? Why him above every other character that has existed in, you know, just a show? This is a character that obviously was not born out of a show. It was born out of a comic book. And, you know, they tried to make a movie before. He showed up in cartoons. You know, he's lived different lives. Why is Matt Murdock in the Daredevil show? Originally made by Netflix, now available on Disney Plus, played by Charlie Cox. Why is this the first version of Daredevil? Because this is what everything that this character should be adapted to its core roots and amplified to the best that it could be. This is probably my favorite performance by an actor as a comic book character. This is my favorite Marvel comic book character, and this is the most perfect adaptation that could have been done of him matt daredevil is my favorite superhero not just because he's unique or interesting or weird or 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 you know has has its own personality it's because he is everything that batman isn't in the best way like we all like batman because oh he's a guy with no superpowers that's like going at it matt murdoch is the same and he has no money like that is the difference. There are epi- uh, everything about about the show Daredevil works because we want him to succeed and we want him on our side. There are episodes that just speak with showing and not telling us. There are episodes where Matt will walk into his little office, and there will be ca- there will be uh, boxes full of fruit, and you, just with that, you know that he's defending people that also have no money and they're paying him with what they have. And he accepts that because he believes that the law should be fulfilled. He's a lawyer by day and an ass kicker by night. He's a Catholic by day. He dresses up as a devil to punch people in the face at night. This is the... And then he wakes up the next day. He has the balls to go to church and be like, forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. Like, how much of a fucking badass can you be to go and commit crimes, commit sins, and then the next day show up sober to church and be like, forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. Oh my God, I love this guy. He, uh, he's, this is, uh, when people say like, oh, the Catholic media, this is the kind of Catholic that I would trust. This is exactly how the characters should be portrayed, exactly like this. His ideologies are ever-present in the first season. His fight with the Punisher is one of the best morality-based uh, arguments that I've seen portrayed in any piece of media even better than, than some other ones that have that, that, that tried. Third season, still good. A lot of people are not, not their favorite season, but he's great. He's so good. And, uh, you know, he's 
he's hindered by this thing where he's blind, but he's also like aided by the fact that he can, he has like amplified hearing and Charlie Cox plays him to perfection. Uh, and first of all, he's British. So when you hear him talk, when you hear him talking, it's like, that's not his voice. How does he do that? That's weird. But like him walking with the stick and then him, I don't know, we're just like dropping the stick and starting to do parkour and uh, him in the suit. Oh, he's great. He fits this universe so well. And I thought he was done. I thought he was sober. But then when he shows up in Spider-Man uh, uh, in, in, in No Way Home, when he, he's his lawyer, uh, oh, God, he's great. And I cannot wait because there's going to be an extended edition of Spider-Man and he's going to show up more than that one. Hell, yeah. Give it to me now. I cannot wait to see it. There's going to be a new show. He's going to show up in the Echo uh, uh, Disney Plus show. He's going to have his own show again. This is my favorite comic book character brought to life by the most perfect actor that could have portrayed him in the most perfect episodes. And, you know, he has, if you count the shows and you count the movies, he has more screen time than a lot of the characters from the MCU. He has more screen time than Iron Man. He has more screen time than Captain America. He has a lot of more screen time. So we get to know him from inside and out. We get to know him, his friends. We get to know his personality. Uh, he He's so complex and I love him so much. So he's my favorite TV character, at least for now, Matt Murdock, a.k.a. Daredevil from Daredevil. <laughs> I mean, that's a compelling argument, man. I can't think of anything against it. Like, I mean, I, I watched the first season. I liked it. It was just too much for me to watch the entire, like, run in one shot. I need yeah. to sit down and watch it, though. You, made me, you got me excited now. I kind of want to see it, too. I also need to see My Hero Academia, though. Hell yeah. Uh, but, yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay, Daredevil, you're number one. Um, my number one, you want me to give you a hint? Uh, yes, because I have no My number one and your number one have one thing in common. They're both white. They have two things in common. <laughs> uh, they're blind? No. no. Lawyers? No. Nope. Comic book characters? They both use canes. Yep, House. number one, Dr. House, MD. Yes. yes. <laughs> That's great. Yes. Uh, okay, so, yeah. Dr. House. Uh, Dr. Gregory House, trying to be a good man. The show is it, it's so conflicting and so complicated, but it's because of him. He makes the show complicated. He makes the show frustrating. It'd be so easy to just make him like, oh, he doesn't have a drug problem. He just has like a problem with walking. That's it. And then, poof, you, the show loses... It's it's luster. It loses its its shtick, but Gregory House makes this show what it is. Not just because he's a title character, but because he is the source of like ninety nine percent of the fucking conflict. Him and his drug addiction, which I don't have a problem. Or hey, I need my pills so I can fucking walk because I'm in pain. Multiple times he goes into he goes into into rehab trying to get clean, or he's forced to try and get clean. Um, Man, the, the fact that that Hugh Laurie played this character to such a fucking T, did you know he actually had to go to therapy to learn how to walk properly because his brain was registering him walking with a limp too much? He had to relearn how to walk properly. Jesus. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Um, 
And then this show is just so interesting. It teaches so much medical stuff. If you watch this show for like four seasons, you're going to begin to see like repeat shit popping over. Okay, kidney problem. If this isn't this, we can try this or this isn't this. It kind of teaches you a bit. But what you really want to see is Gregory House and every single one of his of his quotable lines from I didn't say it was your fault I said I was going to blame you to him obviously mocking people in the most politically incorrect way you can find yet still somehow he's still the biggest douchebag like he's not the biggest douchebag in the house like it's it's just it works it all works his relationship with Cuddy his relationship with with all of his characters with all of his underlings the the, the three student doctors that like are meant to help him in this this environment it's just it's great you know, um, a show I have gone back to rewatch multiple times. Um, just, he's interesting. It's a great character study. Also, I'd like to make a quick point. It's insane that in the span of one year, we had a season of House, Mad Men, Dexter, Breaking Bad, and Boardwalk Empire. Five legit powerhouse shows all in one fucking year. And yet, you know who won the goddamn Golden Globe? Hugh Laurie. Hugh Laurie, motherfucker. <laughs> Hugh Laurie. Uh, he's an incredible actor, but this show doesn't work unless he is an incredible actor. This show doesn't work unless he has this charisma. This show doesn't work without this great writing, with this incredible environment, with these out-of-fucking-sane cases. You can argue the show maybe went on too long. I'm one of those proponents. I think it should have probably ended maybe one season earlier, maybe two seasons earlier. I think the ending should have been him and Cuddy having their happy ending. But one of the things I love about the show is the fact that House doesn't get his happy ending. House endures. He has to deal with these problems and these issues. He has to continue on in spite of the pain because that's arguably real life. That's depressing, but that's also this show. Um, yeah, just an incredible show, incredible character. Another fun fact, this sh- this guy actually made me want to become a doctor for a very, very small period of time. I'm like, that looks like fun. And then I realized how many years of school I'd have to go through. And I'm like, nah, fuck that noise. But nonetheless, <laughs> Dr. House is, for me at least, as of right now, uh, the number one, my number one fairy TV character. All right. Yeah, that's... I never watched it completely. Like, I've seen episodes here and there, but I've never seen, like, the whole thing, like front to back I kind of want to not just because of Hulori because I know Olivia Wilde is in it so I kind of want to watch it she shows up in the later episodes but yeah she's in it alright no like I've heard a lot of great things and I've seen like a couple episodes but I I need to take the plunge I I really should see like the whole thing worth it Um, maybe when I get off my anime kick I'll I'll probably watch it again because right now watching a live action show is very hard for me I don't know why um, like I could watch the Star Wars and the Marvels, but like I'm, oh god, I'm so desensitized to like live action TV. Um, but yeah, uh, that's great. That's a great choice. I think Doctor House is a great character. Yeah, uh, that, that that episode when he gets a cane with the, with with with, uh, with flames and he walks into Slow Ride by Fogat. Great fucking <laughs> bitching. Uh, yeah, that's why. That's where I get the. That's where I got bitching, the phrase actually. Right? That. <laughs> That, that, that episode when he has to like keep it cool while this woman has this inhaler and just use it as a perfume oh god fucking great <laughs> he, and you just you just see him like uh, uh, trying to contain it just 
<laughs> yeah, because you can tell he's so upset, and oh god, now he's he's great, and I, I love Hugh Laurie. And, and another similarity that the number ones have—they're both British actors who are playing American characters. That's true. Uh, so yeah, yeah. Ah, <sighs> all right. Um, yeah. So that's our great. number ten. Um, all right. So th- I guess yeah. that's our list. I guess that's our list. Our top ten favorite TV characters. This is uh, this is gonna be a longer show. We're we're heading an hour and forty minutes. Uh, we should probably cut it off soon because uh, we don't know how heavy that's going to be. Uh, but that should be it. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. If you made it all the way to this, uh, please uh, leave us a comment with your favorite TV characters because we would love to know. We would love to go through that through those list. If you liked a few or maybe you wanted to watch the show because of how we uh, how much we enjoy talking about it, you can also go ahead and do that and let us know. Um, we're available on Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, and wherever else. And uh, that should be it. Thank you so much for joining us. Next week, we're doing Thor. Next week, I we're believe we're doing, we're Thor. doing Thor. Are we also doing Lightyear? I need to see Lightyear. I, I think I, I'm this close to giving up and just waiting for it for I'm cool with to that. come out on, on Disney+. Plus. I'm cool with that. There. Yeah, we'll just do it when it comes. When it comes to Are Disney we watching Plus, a second watching time so I can get uh, even more definitely great things to see doing about Thor. it? Hell yeah. All right. So, but yeah, next week, watch out for a review of Thor Love and Thunder. My name is Chema. And this was the rollback. Bye, everybody.